Welcome in to Picks and Parlays Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find. We're usually the first thing that pops up uh, when you enter that in the search bar uh, on any of those social media platforms. Today is Thursday, October 3rd. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter, at Chelsea Messenger. Uh, today on the docket, we've got Premier League Soccer, Nick's Picks, who uh, he's been really hot lately on his Premier League picks, so uh, we're glad to have him on to pick some winners. Uh, second up, we've got MLB and NFL with Chip Cherimbus. We're talking that Twins-Yankees matchup, uh, plus Jets-Eagles, Ravens-Steelers. And then finally, on our third segment, we've got college football, rapid fire with a bunch of college football games, including that big Michigan State-Ohio State game, uh, plus Auburn-UF, and, you know, we've got some Pac-12 action sprinkled in there, uh, Cal and Oregon as well. We've got a big uh, slate of all kinds of sports on the docket tonight. We've got the NLDS Cards at Braves, Nationals-Dodgers, and we have previews for both of those uh, up on our webpage, picksandparlays.net, and also our YouTube page. If you want a little uh, more in-depth analysis, we've got a lot of great stuff on the YouTube page. Again, if you search Picks and Parlays, we're the first thing that pops up, so not hard to find. Also tonight, Thursday Night Football, because, yeah, it's Thursday. Rams, Seahawks, and then college football, we've got Georgia Southern, South Alabama, and Temple, East Carolina. And you know what? Something about postseason baseball that I really love is that sometimes you really can't predict it. Uh, as we saw last night, the Rays taking down the A's. Uh, the A's were favored in that one, but the, it was the Rays that came up with the power bats. Yandy Diaz, what a day for him. Uh, two home runs last night. Uh, so yeah, definitely the year of the home run. We'll talk more baseball and also a whole lot of football when we get back from the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger, and today we are kicking things off with a little soccer and Nick Gieber, who uh, your fans have been clamoring for more picks, and I'm tagged in all these tweets, so I get all of these tweets. Uh, asking for soccer picks, and so we've got to give the people what they want. Well, Chelsea, apparently <laughs> I'm the most popular man in Nigeria these days, and I wonder if that could run for the Nigerian presidency. Uh, if I do, I promise I'll be as just as corrupt as they all oh, are. So man. rest assured, no worries about that. Chelsea, we have some interesting matchups in the Premier League coming up this weekend. On the back of what has been a fascinating midweek Champions League slate of matches uh, with some implications that will roll forward into this weekend's Premier League matchups. Uh, and then, unfortunately, after this weekend, we go on a week's break. There's 13 days between Premier League matches. I will be crying as there's one of these dire international breaks comes up. Well, nobody's going to be tagging you in all those tweets for your picks. Well, then, might be a little lonely. Yeah, I will be. I will be lonely. Maybe that's time for me to fly to Lagos and meet some of these folks in right? person. Right, you've got to start kissing babies and shaking hands and campaigning. Well, I think I will start, <laughs> Chelsea. I am going to need a campaign manager, and I vote you. Oh man, what a, what a title! Uh, let's dive into some of these games. Let's start with uh, 
Uh, Brighton, Tottenham. Brighton is plus uh, 357. Tottenham minus 121. The favorites in this one. And the draw is plus 283. Yeah. Uh, any of those looking good to you? No. Uh, quite frankly, Chelsea, uh, this is a fascinating match for a number of reasons. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur are a team in an absolute nosedive. It, the word dumpster fire comes to mind. Uh, you put four. If there were a dumpster in a porta potty, that would be Tottenham right now. I just smelled that. Yeah, it would smell bad. <laughs> this is a team that was flying high last year. For much of last season, they were uh, they were potential uh, participants in the title race. They did make it to the final of the Champions League, and they lost to Liverpool and Chelsea. That is where the problem started at Tottenham Hotspur. The manager, Mauricio Pochettino, the Argentinian, uh, much-loved manager at that point, comes out and says, if we win, I'm going to leave the club. Of course, they lose. Well, that really sets up a bad situation in the, in the locker room because it's unlikely that Tottenham are going to return to anywhere near the final of the Champions League in the near future. They're certainly not on par with the Liverpools and the Man Cities to challenge for the league. So you have to wonder what that message sent to the players in the locker room. You have to wonder if that message was, this is the best we're going to do, guys. Win it now or mm, I'm gone. And we've seen that. It's been a massive slump for Tottenham and culminating in this weekend's absolute embarrassment. Uh, they were beaten 7-2 at home by Bayern Munich. 7-2? 7-2 in the Champions League after getting it relatively close to 4-2 and being in the game. Uh, this is a team that's in absolute disarray. Now, what are the problems, one might say? Well, certainly Pochettino uh, is an issue with what he said. But it's all over the press. So I'm not breaking anything now. I'm not breaking any news or any personal uh, pledge of friendship or secrecy <laughs> that I might have with any of these players. But it is being reported that Christian Eriksen, the want-away midfielder, the star midfielder with Tottenham Hotspur, and Jan Vertonghen, the centre-back, are having a small problem. According to the papers, Vertonghen has been, well, Vertonking Christian Eriksen's oh, wife. Apparently, this is causing all sorts of problems in the locker room. Now, to be fair, both players have denied it, so I don't know if it's true or not. It does make for juicy gossip, just like the John Terry and Wayne Bridge situation, which was true, by the way, back in 2010. But that might explain the problems at Tottenham. So, back to this match. Yes, Tottenham are going to win. I think we're going to see a big response from Tottenham. I think we're going to get muchos goles. <laughs> I'm going to say take the over on this one, over two and a half. Shop, shop around for the best odds on that one. But you definitely want to take the over. This is going to be a big scoring game. Also, it's a bad sign when somebody's using your last name as a verb. Yes, Vertonghen. <laughs> I've been Vertonghen her. All right, uh, let's go to the next one. Burnley Everton at Turf Moor. Well, this one's interesting. Everton have three losses in a row. They lost to Bournemouth, Sheffield United, and Manchester City. Um, uh, that's Everton. This is a team that was really uh, threatening last season to really build on a lot of success of Marco Silva coming in. He kind of got a year's, uh, shall we say, grace period from the fans. Uh, but Everton, just awful, as I said, three losses in a row. Only one point on the road, and they are on the road here. I'm going to say Burnley are going to win this one, 2-1, a plus 245 in Chelsea. Uh, we are going to look at the end of this uh, segment at the sack race. Now, if you don't know what the sack race is, it's the prop bets for which managers the next ones to get the sack. To find to get the exit. fired. Yeah, they don't actually have to get fired, by the way, to get paid out on a oh. sack race bet. They can just leave as well. So it's kind of like oh. the, the voluntary sack. Um, you have to think that uh, Marco Silva is going to be right up there. And right now, Marco Silva actually the favorite at five to four. But I do have a couple of other nice ones that I might give you because I don't think he's going to go because Everton tend to 
spend a little bit more time with their managers than most other clubs. Uh, the big matchup is Liverpool-Leicester at Anfield. Liverpool 16 wins in a row. I'd love to give you the draw on this one, people, but I just can't. So don't take it because I think Liverpool are going to win. Uh, next one. Shall we and go you're to... you're also a Liverpool fan. I was actually trying to think, think if there was any way I could come up with the draw because the odds were really, really juicy. Right, in this. and you've been hitting on some of those draws. I have. I, I, you know, I just think they're going to win this one. Liverpool, quite frankly, are not looking that superb as of late. They are doing what they have to do to get the win. Again, no more uh, evident than uh, this midweek in the Champions League against Red Bull Salzburg. Uh, they came back to win it 4-3 after uh, giving up you know, three goals. It's shocking at Anfield. This is the team with the best defense in the Premier League last season by a long shot. But let's Let's go to Carrow Road, Chelsea, shall we? Where the two promoted teams, Norwich and Aston Villa, are playing each other. Both of these teams struggling mightily at this point. Uh, I want to say Norwich are in the relegation zone, and one point above them uh, is Aston Villa. So there's a lot to be said in this. Norwich, unfortunately, conceding goals, well, uh, left and right. This was a team that won the championship last year with a lot of great attacking play. They've kept that great attacking play, but this is the Premier League. This is not the championship, and as a result, they've conceded 16 goals in seven, ga seven games. Bad news for Norwich. Aston Villa, on the other hand, this team spent hundreds of millions of pounds on new players, and they've yet to gel, yet to come together. Neither team are prolific goal-scoring teams. Uh, these are the two promoted teams. And Chelsea, you wanted that draw, right? Yeah. I'm going to give it to you. All right. Right here. On a platter. I have curated these just for you guys out there <laughs> watching this show. Wow. Take the draw. Uh, plus 249, Norwich Villa. This one is a draw. Let's go to the next one, to the London Stadium. West Ham versus Crystal Palace. Uh, West Ham under Pellegrini. Uh, Pellegrino, uh, not Pellegrini. Pellegrino's the water. Pellegrini's the Argentinian manager. Under Pellegrini, West Ham are really a terrific club. Been waiting for them to gel and come together. We're seeing that now. Uh, against Crystal Palace, you know, they had all these problems with Zaha early in the season, wanting away and not getting the transfer. And finally, he's decided to step up and take a bit of a leadership role. Regardless, they're going to get done at the London Stadium. 2-1 West Ham for this one. I don't have the odds in front of me, but you might, Chelsea. Yeah. What do we have for West Ham for West the Ham's win? plus 106. Oh. Crystal Palace plus 269, and the draw is plus 249. Well, there we go. I take the West, take the Hammers at home. They're going to win this one. <laughs> nice right. bet for you. So All right. Let's, let's talk about the sack race. Let's do it because, you know, the favorite right now is Marco Silva at Everton to get the sack. But, you know, the folks at Goodison are, oh, shall we say, a little bit more patient with their managers. Silva got a nice pass last year from the fans and management. But, you know, you've got to give Everton a chance to come together, work it out a little bit. I think it's a bit early for Silva to get the sack, and at five to four odds of the favorite, I think that's a bit unfair. The ones that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's next on the list at Man United, he's not going anywhere. Next on the list, though, ah, our friend Mauricio Pochettino at Spurs. Listen, Chelsea, he is gone. Whether it's in the next week or two, if they lose this weekend, he might go. But he's just waiting for the Real Madrid job to open up as Zinedine Zidane's having trouble getting that team doing what, you know, Madrid fans expect of the Galacticos. Uh, I think Pochettino's gone. The question is, is Steve Bruce at Newcastle going to go out the door before, before him? Two nice bets here. Pochettino 10 to 1. Steve Bruce, 14 to 1. You've got a little extra dosh. This might be a nice, safe place to put a, have a little bit of fun with it. Right, yeah. It's something a little different than just the games. And even though all those draw picks you've been playing have really been hitting, it's some nice odds.
Yeah, and of course, uh, you know, Craig from Picks and Parlays is watching this closely. From what I understand, I am, there's no odds on me getting the sack next, but I'm told it could be soon. So, you know, listen closely to these picks. They could be my last. Oh, no. Well, they've been winning, so I don't think so. I'm going to take the, the odds against you. Uh, all right, we're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio with baseball and football talk. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter, at Chelsea Messenger is my handle. And right now, we've got some baseball to talk about because the postseason is here in full force. We've already had two exciting wildcard games. And today, we're going to dive in to the ALDS. We've got Chip Cherimbus. Joining us, who always likes to talk a little baseball with us. Love baseball. And, you know, we had the winner with the under, 4-3, oh, yeah. right? Last time we were here, we're saying how we usually like to take sides. But uh, in these playoff games like this, sometimes you're forced to take totals because of the odds being so huge. Um, right. We, you called that under in, uh, what was it, the Nationals? Um, it was the Brewer game, Brewer Braves Nationals, game. Brewers. Yeah. Uh, and then last night, the under hit as well. And, Barely. Um, which... and, <laughs> It, you know, in the playoffs, it's still pitch, hit. this is one of the reasons I, I've said for the entire season that teams like to say the Twins and the Yankees, the big power teams, you're going to struggle in the postseason because the pitching dominates. Right. And, and this is, you're looking for teams that can put together runs. And we're going to have a big matchup in New York Friday night. Right. Twins, Yankees, these are two teams that hit a lot of home runs because traditionally it's been the Yankees. Uh, and just on paper, you look at their lineup, you assume that they would lead the majors in home runs. But guess what? It's not. It's the no. Twins. It is the Twins, and it happened on the final day of the season. The Twins hit three homers. The Yankees did hit, didn't hit any. And Minnesota ends up setting a new Major League Baseball record for most home runs in a single season. And they broke the Yankees record, who has set it the day before. But uh, <laughs> these two teams in the playoffs, it's been so one-sided, Chelsea. Um, the Yankees have dominated the Minnesota Twins over the years. I don't think Minnesota's come close to beating them in a playoff series. They're 5-22 and 22 in the playoffs. Uh-huh. And this... This year, maybe with their hitting, and, and they have Jose Barrios going out and their their opener, and he's been their best hurler, at least in my mind, um, the hardest to hit out there. But the Yankees are so tough at home. The reason why they're at least 2-1 to one with Paxton on the mound here at Chelsea is they're 52-17 and 17 at home. Right, and one of the better home records absolutely, in all Absolutely, and, and they've dominated in Paxton who at one time in the season was 5-6, and six, has won his last 10 decisions. And he's had an ERA of 2.25 over that period, lowering it from a huge number at the beginning of the season down to 382. And the Yankees have the addition of Sanchez, Stanton, and then Carcione who are coming back. I don't see how this game doesn't go over the total. And Chelsea, I don't care if they make this number 10 and a half or 11. I think these two teams, when they get together, you're going to see the power sources because they don't have the over dominating the overpowering pitching that you might see with Houston. Right, and especially it's at Yankee Stadium, right? It's at Yankee Stadium, which um, they're very comfortable there hitting the ball, and, and, and uh, Minnesota a seems to be... a friendly uh, oh, park for absolutely, hitters. absolutely. And you can... You know, it's both teams have plenty of power. I think there's going to be plenty of runs scored. I wouldn't want to lay the two to one. And I'm just year after year, I'm waiting. When is the time going to come when Minnesota's going to get up and finally grab the Yankees? And it just doesn't happen. I mean, a year ago they had a three nothing lead in the first inning and they got swamped. They could beat eight nine. I know. It's the crazy thing about the the postseason when it comes to baseball is some of these these games have been really unpredictable. Uh, the first two games that we've seen, they weren't power hitting teams, but we've seen 
uh, them really rely on the long ball. Uh, last yep. night, the Rays were not billed as a team that hit a lot of home runs, but Yandy Diaz comes off the I.L. and hits two home runs yep. last night. What a way to start the series. And I think they were handed a gift, Chelsea, when um, the starter was changed. They got three S's. They should have gone to Friars. Was it Friars? Uh, oh, Fires, Mike Fires, Fires. Mike instead Fires. of Manaya. Right, and uh, they went with Manaya, and he'd only pitched five times the entire season. So, you know, coming in, first batter hits home run, sets the tone for the game, and Oakland was pretty much toast from that point on. Well, I know, but, I mean, if you would have told me that uh, Max Scherzer was going to give up three runs in two innings, I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah, so, right. uh, this postseason has been really unpredictable. Uh, but So that's why I think if, if you like the Yankees, I mean, Minus 200, I think that's too big of odds. Right, right. that's what I'm saying. Trying to lay the price in a postseason is going to right. be very, very tough. And you're going to find, have to find ways to come out a winner here. I like the Yankees in this game. The history of the game says to take the Yankees without well, question. Well, and uh, Barrios, uh, Barrios has not been good against the Yankees this season. 0-2, uh, 9-8-2 ERA at Yankee well, Stadium. There you go. It's, it's tough for visitors to come in when the Yankees are so comfortable at the plate there. and They have the return of Stanton and Carcion and, of course, um, as I mentioned before, um, the Gary catcher Sanchez, Sanchez. so yeah. their bats their bats should be live and they should be ready to go so um, it's a tough call but when you have to lay that kind of money right uh, we'll see if the Yankees hitters will be hitting home runs or striking out because that's the only knock I have on the Yankees is that they do strike out quite a bit I, I mentioned a number of times on the show I just don't think they're built for the playoffs and um, as powerful as they are and as great amount of runs they scored they did lead the American League in runs scored but I just don't see them advancing into the World Series. Well, and plus, when we're talking about betting here, we're just talking about game one. Right. So, and some value as yes. well, because that does play a factor. Okay. All right, so let's talk about another New York team, the Jets, <laughs> who have not been having the season that the Yankees are having. The Jets are 0-3 and 1-2 against the spread, uh, facing off with the Eagles this week. Uh, Eagles are favored minus 13.5. Total sits at 44. Yes. Uh, who do we like in this one? Well, you know, it's very difficult for me to think about playing the green slime, as I call them, <laughs> because they just don't ever come through, particularly when you happen to have them or I happen to have them. They are coming off a bye week, and, of course, Philadelphia's coming off that Thursday night win over Green Bay. So both teams had plenty of times to prepare. But Philadelphia at home, hosting teams, laying points, hasn't been a big moneymaker at all. They've only covered two of the last nine Chelsea as home favorites. And, um, you know, their great part, I mean, they got Carson Wentz, and he's probably right now the second-rated quarterback in the National Football League. And what do the Jets have at quarterback? You have a rookie who's getting in and getting his feet wet for the first time. They say that Sam Darnold Sam might, might play, but how strong is he going to be physically? And he hasn't actually been working out um, totally, so I'm wondering what the, his competency level would be. I know, and especially since Le'Veon Bell only had uh, 35 yards off 18 carries last week. Well, you know what? That's more yards. That's than, <laughs> it's more yards than he had last year. So, well, right. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> right? And the Jets, I mean, we just gave you the Philadelphia's terrible record at home. The Jets, when playing on grass, because they do play an artificial surface in New Jersey, are 1-6-1 in, in the last eight against the points. Bell has been virtually invisible, like you said. I mean, they get him, right. he runs the ball 18 times and gets 35 yards or well, thereabouts. Well, the problem is when you there. don't have a quarterback that is a threat to pass. I mean, you're one-dimensional, and you can really defend well against that. Absolutely. And and people and, have and been. It's been the Jets' problem, I guess, uh, dealing at this position from McNown to um, Fitzpatrick the last number of years. They just haven't got anyone stable at that position. And Sam Darnold hasn't established that he's going to be 
uh, a headliner yet either. I right. Mean, he's I just, mean, we've anointed him sometimes, but... Um, well, New York likes end, to do that. Well, yeah, I know. But let's talk about this number. Minus 13 and a half. That's a lot of points. To that is an awful lot of points. And, you know, Philadelphia might cover it... Um, just an onus on the, the Jets' offense, which is virtually non-existent. Now, maybe they'll try and come up with something this week, uh, uh, something new, but I don't see how. I, they just don't have the firepower. And Philly's defense is where they have, uh, you know, when they crowned themselves, Chelsea, it was pretty much because their defense did the work, and um, they, Wentz had just a fabulous, fabulous playoff. But I don't see this game, I don't see either team really putting many points on the board. I can see Philadelphia being very conservative here. I see this game going under the total. I would lay it before I take it because I just have an aversion to the New York Jets. Right. Well, I think I think even Jets fans. I mean, you've seen some of their draft videos when they boo the draft picks. Those are it's, some of my all-time favorite. They're all, they're so pessimistic <laughs> about it all, aren't they? I mean, they, and you know, for good reason because uh, since Joe Namath, who had actually more interceptions and touchdown passes, won the Super Bowl for the Jets, I know. they haven't done anything. Well, haven't even been there. a big market team. All right, let's move on to the Ravens and the Steelers. A big AFC North. Uh, matchup here. Uh, Ravens are favored in this one, minus three and a half. Total sits at 44 and a half. What are we liking here? A big game uh, between two great rivals. We know they go head to head. They've been called black and blue teams against each other for years. And um, interesting note about this game, Chelsea, is that Baltimore has had 35 minutes time of possession offensively. And on the flip side, Pittsburgh, the Steelers have only averaged 25 minutes. So if it was going to um, hold the form here, uh, Baltimore would have the ball, you know, seven to five. Uh, but Baltimore, as a favorite, is two and nine in their last eleven, and now the favorite at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's coming off that laugher against Cincinnati. They always walk through that one. That means nothing right. to them. They they don't even count that as a win. And um, they are seven in this series between Baltimore and Pittsburgh. They are so hard nosed and so tough against each other. The dog is 7-1-1 one one in the last nine. So these huh. two are going to bang heads. And the home team, excuse me, the road team is 5-0 and oh in the last five meetings. So it would seem here that Pittsburgh, the home team, would be the way to go because of the numbers with Baltimore being 2-9 and nine as a favorite. And I think for the most part, Pittsburgh really needs to come up big here. I mean, they won that game against Cincinnati, but what has that established, Chelsea? Right, nothing. Nothing. That's, right. that's what it's established. Right. Uh, and to be fair, the Steelers, uh, their backup quarterback, Mason Rudolph, he has been improving. Uh, his completion rate uh, jumped from 51% in his first start to 85%. Uh, again, that was against Cincinnati, but, so great assault, but he is improving. Well, it's not so much a great assault against Cincinnati. It was the way they actually had him throwing these short, dump passes right. and passes. High and completion. Swing. Yeah, high completion ratio, which is which is a smart thing to do with a young quarterback that uh, maybe you don't quite trust his decision making and throwing the ball downfield. Right. So you keep control of the ball, and they, and they didn't have to do anything else against Cincinnati, like you said, it was right. up against them. But uh, you know, Chelsea, I'd like to make a mention before before we stop here about um, this Saturday. Um, I'm posting my first college conference game of the year, and I'm already one and all games of the year this season. Got off to a rough start in college last week, didn't we? We went zero and five, but we're coming back real strong. 14-2 and two on picks and parlays the last two years with called games of the year. So log on, follow the bilings. This game will be up on Friday. It'll be a stop from Chip Chirimus. That'll be my game of the year on Saturday. Right. We've got a lot of fun games, uh, not just betting-wise, but... Uh, so much baseball, so much football. It's, it it's, really is my favorite And hockey's starting now, and, and tonight we posted our first hockey game, so you can log on and get a winner there as well. And each and every day, I mean, with the time of season is college football, and we have 
We're going to have NBA basketball and college basketball in a couple of weeks. It's a great time of the year if you're into the handicapping industry. <laughs> or just sports in general. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, great stuff from Chip, as always. Uh, we're back after the break with more football, college football rapid-fire picks right after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. Hopefully that means week six means get it back in action. We've been actually pretty good in rapid-fire picks. We look to keep them going today. All right, and Tony T's over there as well. Uh, we haven't forgotten about you. Hello, Tony. Hello, Chelsea. I can hear you both now. How are you guys doing? Ready for a week six of college football? Moving along very well. I know, week six. Can you believe it? All right, so let's dive into some of these games. Starting off with an ACC matchup, Virginia Tech-Miami. Miami are the favorites in this one, minus 14. A total of 47. Tony T, we're going to you first. Uh, who you like in this one? Hello, Chelsea. Yes, I'm going to look here at uh, Miami minus 14. The total in this one is at 46, but uh, Hurricanes, well, they're defending well this season, holding opponents just 270 yards a game, 2.1 per rush, and uh, they have pounded the Hokies the past two seasons uh, with wins 38-14 on the road last year and 28-10 at home uh, uh, two seasons ago, but I'm just not impressed with this Virginia Tech team. They look soft. They allowed uh, a Duke team that's not very experienced offensively to run all over them. It was a bad showing. I don't think, I think, uh, the Hokies are not um, recruiting those really big physical players on defense anymore. So I'm going to take a look at Miami in this one. I think a lot of people were uh, not impressed with Virginia Tech and lost a lot of money last week. <laughs> all right, Craig, who you got? You can raise my hand. Last week I was on uh, <laughs> one of the worst picks I've had all year. I was on Virginia Tech in the weekday game. Of course, uh, that has a little hangover effect, and uh, it's a little apropos for today. Uh, Miami 14 is definitely going to be my play on this one. I just think Miami's way too fast, and I think the defensive line of Miami and the uh, linebackers will have no problem. Uh, my, uh, Duke, 10 points they allowed last week to this Virginia Tech team. This Miami defense is way better than Duke. I like Miami minus 14 here. All right, moving on to number 14, Iowa at number 19, Michigan. Michigan favored in this one, minus 3.5. Total sits at 47.5 is at least what I have. Uh, Tony, who do you like in this one? Do you think Michigan uh, bounces back in a big way and has a statement game here? Yeah, you know, Chelsea, I really like this game so much. I've made it a premium pick. Get it right now at picksandparlays.net. So at the side tier, it should be a really good matchup. All right, Craig, uh, Iowa's 4-0. You like them here? I do. I think uh, Michigan, I still don't, I'm not a believer. Uh, Jim Harbaugh hasn't won a big game in forever. I don't think it changes this week. I just think Iowa, uh, the only problem here, uh, remember this line as a game of the year, a line that came out early uh, this summer was 13 now, all the way back down to three and a half uh, as Michigan is favored. But I'm going to take Iowa actually money line here. I think if Iowa wins, they're going to win outright. So I guess you could take the points if you want to, but I'm on the money line with Iowa winning big here. All right, moving to the Pac-12, Cal, Oregon. Oregon favorite in this one, minus 18. Total at 46, and I think this number is so big because Cal's starting quarterback, Chase Garbers, uh, I believe he is out. I know last game he uh, left with an injury. He was in a sling for most of the game, and their backup quarterback came in and was not good. He could not complete a pass, it seemed like, and their offense was very one-dimensional after Garbers left the game. Uh, Tony T., do you like Cal to cover, or do you like Oregon uh, to cover that big number? Well, Chelsea, I'm going to look at the total in this game. I'm going to go Cal and Oregon to go under a total of 46 points. Garbers will not play in this game with that shoulder problem. So we're going to look here at backup Devin Meltzer, who was ineffective in relief. Um, the Golden Bears, though, are a very good defensive team, holding opponents to 18 points a game. 
Remember Oregon traveled to a defensive-minded Stanford team two weeks ago, came away with a 21-6 win. I think this is going to be that type of game, very defensive style, and I, I definitely look here for it to go under. One thing that concerns me about the Oregon offense is they're only running the ball for 4.4 yards to carry. We're not seeing those flashy backs from uh, Oregon. We've seen in the years past with those big runs. And California, we know, a very good defensive team. Let's go under total of 46. Uh, one thing I will say about Oregon, uh, since that opening loss to Auburn, they have outscored opponents 133-15. to 15. So they are on a rampage. Uh, Craig, who do you like in this one? I agree with Tony here. I love the under in this one. I think Oregon wins, uh, you know, 27 type six type game. So I do think they cover as well. But I think the stronger play is the under as I just don't see this Cal team giving up a whole lot of points. And I don't see them putting up a whole lot of points. So let's take the under. Uh, we'll make it two, two of us on the under in this one. All right. We've got a big matchup in this one. Ohio State, Michigan State. This one is at Ohio State. Uh, the number four team in the land. Ohio State favored by 20. Total sits at 49. I think the question here is can that Michigan State defense slow down this Ohio State offense that's been so prolific this season? Tony T, what do you think? Well, I'm going to go by what I said last week. I'm going to keep betting on Ohio State until they stop covering. I'm going to take Ohio State minus a 20. Last two seasons, Michigan State has had really good defenses, right? Well, Ohio State beat them last year, 26-6 on the road. Two years ago at home, 48-3. Got to respect this uh, Buckeyes team. We talked about their win against Cincinnati at home. Then they go into, into Lincoln, Nebraska, and one of those uh, blackouts there for Nebraska to get the win, 48-7. They're moving the football. You know, Michigan State uh, – Pretty good defense, but they had good defense in the past two years. Ohio State was able to blow them out each time. And one thing with this Michigan State offense, they're very inconsistent, really hard to trust. And uh, Justin Field here for Ohio State completing 69% of his passes. I'm right, going to take that, Ohio State minus 20. That offense has been just uh, unreal. And even for betters, they're 4-1 and one against the spread. And I've been taking them uh, in the first half, and they've been hitting a lot of these weeks. Uh, Craig, who do you like in this one? Well, I'm going to disagree with Tony on this one. I like Michigan State here. I just think it's not – I think Ohio State's going to win this game, and I think it's going to be another impressive win. Uh, but 20 points is a ton of points. I do think Michigan State's defense will do just enough and maybe a late backdoor cover here. I just think Ohio State, um, you know, they're up, you know, 27, uh, 24 uh, type points, and then Michigan State gets a late touchdown or field goal to, to hopefully get the cover for me. So let's take Michigan State plus 20 here. <laughs> Don't sound so enthusiastic. <laughs> It's a lot of points. <laughs> I know. Well, sometimes college football, uh, it'll throw you for a loop, and some of these trends have to end. And Ohio State has been very good for betters. Um, like Tony said, I think I'm going to go against you, Craig. I think I'm taking Ohio State here. Uh, let's move on to Tulsa and SMU. SMU favored by 13 in this one. Total sits at 62. And SMU, Wow, they're 5-0 and this season. I think for the first time since uh, the 60s or 70s. Uh, it's been a long time since they've had that hot of a start. Uh, they're also 5-0 and against the spread, uh, including wins over TCU and USF. Tony, who do you like in this one? Yeah, I'm going to look here at SMU here, minus 13. The total 64. I'm going to stay away from the total. As you talked about, Chelsea, they've won and covered all five. And they do have a notable three-point win on the road at TCU. But at home, they beat a pretty good North Texas team. 49-27, I think uh, North Texas may be a little better than Tulsa here, and I was impressed with their ability to put some points. And I like their quarterback for SMU, Shane Bouchel, that transfer from Texas. He's, he's trying to prove a point. He's got two more. He's got another year of eligibility here, so he can make his case for the pros with Sonny Dykes in his second season with the team. Uh, they're putting up 510 yards a game, and they're defending a really good defensive front there for SMU. 
And of course, Tulsa does struggle scoring points. Uh, they don't run the ball very effectively. 2.4 yards a carry, and they run the ball 44 times a game. So you're going to be looking at down and distance. I like SMU minus the, thir minus the 13. All right, Craig, who you got in this one? Well, I think the under is a, a solid play here as well. I like. I just think there's going to be, it's going to be pretty lopsided. I think SMU is just going to be kind of uh, running this clock down late. I do think SMU also covers in this one, but I think I would, I would slightly uh, favor the under. So under 64 in Tulsa at SMU. Yeah, SMU, their offense has been really impressive, uh, not only because their quarterback, Michelle, has been really effective, but also that they've been really balanced. Uh, for an offense that runs elements of an air raid, you would expect it to be one-dimensional, a lot of passing, but they also run the ball pretty effectively as well. Let's move on to Auburn and Florida, because we need to get the SEC in there, right? <laughs> uh, number seven, Auburn, and number 10, Florida facing off. Uh, I don't have the odds in front of me. Uh, Tony, what are the odds you have? Well, I see here Auburn minus two and a half. There are some minus threes out there, so shop for your line total 48 and a half. I, it may sound square, but I'm just going to lay Auburn minus two and a half. I have to respect the Tigers' quality wins, beating Oregon on a neutral field, then that impressive defensive performance against Texas A&M. Then they dominate Mississippi State, who I don't think was very good. I had them last week laying all those points uh, against this Bulldogs team, and they moved to 5-0 and against spread with that win, and they are moving the football. They're balanced, 5.5 yards per rush. And, of course, Florida just won it, just three and six against the spread, as an underdog, and of course, uh, Auburn, really good pass defense, and the Gators 1-4 ATS in their past uh, five games against the conference. I like uh, Auburn here laying the short number. Right. I think a lot of people doubted Auburn at the first of the season because they had a true freshman quarterback. But Bo Nix, uh, it doesn't really matter what he does. It seems like his completion rate, rate is not that good. But for some reason, Auburn finds ways to win. Their defense is really good. Their defensive line is one of the best in the country. Uh, and I think they're really going to give Florida some problems. Craig, who do you like in this one? Well, this is my top side of the week uh, this week in the Auburn at Florida game. I think the key to this matchup will be how uh, the Auburn team handles the adversity on the road. Because if Auburn can get out to a decent start, I think that Florida could be in trouble on this one. Uh, but like I said, it's my top side of the week. As far as the total is concerned, I think I like the under here. I just like this Auburn defensive line. I think they're very good. I think Florida, the speed of Florida will give Auburn trouble at times on defense. So I think the under is a good play as well. But my top play is on the side that you can get at picksandparlays.net. You know what? I was concerned about Auburn's slow starts because at the first of the season, they were slow, uh, starting uh, very slow. And I was wondering when they played Texas A&M on the road, if that was going to be an issue. And it really wasn't. And that's one of the tougher places to play in all of college football. And they went there and they silenced that crowd. Uh, so I think right now we've got to give Auburn some credit because they've finally earned it. Let's move on to Boise State UNLV. Boise is favored minus 20, tw 22. A lot of twos. Uh, total sits at 57. Tony, go. Boy, this is a tough one to make case for UNLV. I can't. I'm going to take Boise State here minus 22. I mean, look at this Rebels team at home to Arkansas State, a Sunbelt team losing 43 to 17. Then, okay, let's try to make amends. Let's, let's try to show well in our Mountain West opener. They get pounded to Wyoming 53 to 17. They're not doing well defensively. The Rebels give up over five yards of carry on the ground. Broncos, good defensive team. Their, their freshman quarterback completing 63% of his passes, been tested against that Florida State team. He was 73% completion rate against Air Force last week. And, uh, you know, the Boise State has covered nine of their past 12 on the road. UNLV quarterback Rodgers, not accurate, just about 52% percentage completion rate. Going to lay the points here with Boise State. All right, Craig, who you got? This UNLV team, <laughs> it is uh, 
not good. It, I just oh. don't see. I don't see how. And and like Tony said, I think it's somewhat of a square play a little bit that you you take Boise with these points, especially when you go over that key number of 21. But I just don't see how you take UNLV here. I mean, uh, last I guess the positive is last year they did keep it within 17 at Boise, 42 to 25. But I just don't see them even coming that close this this year. I just think Boise's way better on both sides of the ball. So. I'm going to take Boise minus 22 here, but don't go crazy on this one because this is one of them that Boise could dominate and win by, say, 20. Well, you're right. Boise State is 4-0, and UNLV, meanwhile, has lost their past three in a row by a combined margin of 78 points. Not great, Bob. Not great. <laughs> Tony, nope, any nope. other thoughts uh, closing uh, for this week in college football? Yeah, I'm really, really excited about this week in college football. We did talk about this this SMU game. I want to see how, how if they can win this one by margin, make a case for that uh, possible, you know, that bull bid for the mid-majors. It's going to be a big contest between UCF, Boise State, and SMU to try to get that bowl game from the small conferences. Right, and Craig, uh, <laughs> I know you're hanging in there. <laughs> well, yeah, hanging, yes. Uh, Washington at Stanford is kind of the game, uh, kind of under-the-radar game for Washington. I think if Washington goes and wins impressively, you know, maybe Washington starts to get uh, a little more um, publicity and kind of sneak back into maybe the playoff picture here. Right. The Pac-12 yeah. has had a rough start. Uh, so they definitely want somebody from their conference to be doing big things. As always, we thank you guys for joining us. That's our college football rapid fire picks. After the break, we'll be diving into a recap of all of our picks after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. Uh, yeah, so if you haven't been paying attention, no worries. We got you covered after the break on Picks and Parlays. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. Uh, today's been a great show. It's been a busy show. Uh, we had rapid fire college football picks, we had soccer, and we had baseball because it's that time of year where all the sports are coming together. I know we also have hockey, uh, but we didn't dive into that on today's show, so don't worry, I haven't forgot about it, but uh, just a lot going on. Uh, and don't worry if you're just now tuning in or if you've been sleeping on us, hungover like some people. <laughs> <laughs> here in Vegas. Uh, we've got you covered. We've got a recap of all of our picks right now. Let's start with Nick Gieber's soccer picks. Premier League soccer starting with Brighton Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham, take the over two and a half. Burnley Everton, take Burnley plus 245. Uh, Norwich Aston Villa, Villa, excuse me, take the draw on that one plus 249. West Ham, Crystal Palace taking West Ham in this one plus 106, and then we had some odds on the sack race. Pochettino, 10 to 1, uh, and Steve Bruce, 14 to 1, uh, for which manager leaves their team first. A nice little prop bet uh, there from Nick. Chip Cherimbus gave us some free picks on baseball. Minnesota, New York, uh, he's taking the over in that one, no matter what it is. He thinks there's going to be a lot of runs in that one. Uh, Jets, Eagles, he's taking the under, 44. And then Baltimore, Pittsburgh, uh, Ravens, Steelers, he likes the over at 45. And then finally, our rapid fire picks for college football. Uh, Craig Trapp gave us some picks, and so did Tony T. Uh, Tony T taking the under in the Cal-Oregon game, uh, 46 is the over-under. He likes the under. Tulsa SMU 
taking SMU, minus 13. Auburn, Florida, taking the Tigers, minus 2.5. Those are all of our picks from today's show. It's been a great one. We're back tomorrow, same time, same place, on Picks and Parlays Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.